0: The following production is part of the We Be Geeks Podcast Collective. This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com.
1: Produced with podcasting gear from Tascam. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking.
0: Dive in with code WINGEEKS15 to save 15% off your first order at TOINK.com. Crisis for the geek kind. Top geek officials admit they underestimated the hipster's defense capability. Join the revolution and save the galaxy. Geeks from all over the globe are joining up the fight for the future. They're doing their part. Are you? Want to know more? And welcome to another episode of Weeby Geeks. It is the Dashing Duo, Derek and myself, Mike. Derek, I'm going to kind of rush through this real quick. Usually okay. this is the point where I say, how how you doing? But nobody I cares. Kn- I know. Well, I know <laughs> you're t- kind of on a time crunch. Mm. But soon you're gonna find out why the time crunch is really on. Um check out the homepage weeby You can check out our affiliates like red flag workshop, use the code smuggler3 for 25% off your purchase on patches and uh maybe some remove before flight. Keyrings coming soon. Never know. Um Biddy Boomers, use code Weeby Geeks for 15% off your purchase of uh the Biddy Boomer Bluetooth speaker. Uh some great stuff there. As you heard in pre roll, toink.com, use code WINGEEKS15 for 15% off your purchase. And Rebel Sabers, use code Wookiee for 10% off your saber or saber accessories from Rebel Sabers. And I got to say, they've got one of the best Ezra staple gun lightsabers I have seen from any of the various companies.
1: Oh, really? Yeah. So much.
0: So much so, Zoe wants one. Mm. And when she's seen them from the other company, she goes, yeah, Rebel Sabres is better. Mm. But what if I told you we have the ability to talk to someone in the future?
1: What are are we on? Back to the Future now? No.
0: (laughs) No, but we have with us actor, voice actor, dancer, uh, I believe is also a rapper. We'll ask about his music career as well. All around entertainer. That's the best way to put it. D Uh you you may not recognize him facially from some of his early films, but you know his character work from The Force Awakens, Rogue One, Star Wars The Last Jedi, Solo, a Star Wars Story, Willow, the the Disney Plus series. D, welcome to the show. How you guys doing? Doing good. So um most recently, you've been more character actor than than anything. How did yeah. you get involved as a, a character actor, uh, especially with Lucas, Lucasfilm?
2: Oh man, um, I if if to talk about it, it, it would it feels like it's all been a natural process, but um, it, I just kind of just went with my heart. I'd always been into uh, Jim Henson and and the muppets and all that kind of stuff and those kinds of interactions um in regards to family entertainment and children's entertainment just always and um i found after um a period of time um in an rb band i was able to pursue what i'd always set out to do which was to become an actor and to train and to get an agent and all that type of stuff. And at that point all I could think of was, you know, maybe I'll be lucky enough to be in like some kind of uh Transformers 15 or Bad Boys 14 or something like that, you know.
0: And, John's and yeah, yeah, you know. <laughs> Since we're in that back to the future thing.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so it's it's kind of like um I set out to just, just get the body of work and hopefully be able to earn the right to turn up at, at some of these castings for some of these things. And during that process, we have seasonal annual shows in the UK um, called pantomimes um, that are performed at Christmas time. And they are based are loosely <laughs> on fairy tales. So they'll have the songs. It could be Aladdin. And um the comical factor of it is that it's all bright colours. It's all for children. There's pies being thrown across the stage. Oh, There's great. all kinds of things. And then you get back to this small little hub of the story, you know, and it's just it's just a beautiful family experience. Um, I'm surprised Disney don't don't have that yet (laughs) but
0: um i'm I'm surprised with epcot in the uk pavilion if this is something that is a holiday tradition that they don't add it into the festival of the holidays as well as father christmas oh my goodness it's
2: for me it's it's one of these things where while i was doing it i'm very much aware of how disney orientated it is because it's Purely for the families, just everybody's entertainment. For example, I played the genie of the lamp. Maybe uh, I played that played that character twice, I think. Three? I yeah, play. twice. And then after that, I played um, uh, Tommy the cat, who is Dick Whittington's cat. Now, Dick Whittington, he came from up north. I don't know how true the story this is, but it's faintly true. But um, it's parodied in, in this Christmas show. And he's told that the streets are paved with gold in London. So he comes down to London, you know, to be uh, deeply disappointed by the couple's streets and um, how he's treated. And um, along the way, he befriends a, a cat. And um, he then sees the mayor's daughter and falls in love. But... Can't really step up as you know as you do in these in these stories where the where if you're not a prince you can't step up and um, a baron an evil baron he has his his eyes set on on the mayor's daughter so um, he invokes like spells and he's kind of like the witch kind of aspect of the show and halfway through the show the cat suddenly speaks it sounds like donkey from Shrek. <laughs> <laughs> You know and um and that's also part of that that the the children's entertainment um, where they see this character on 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 the stage and if they're too young to get the silly jokes being performed by the adults, they still laugh because um, it makes the cat laugh or the cats point in attention to it. you know it's it's just one of the best grounding um, experiences I had I mean I trained at college did physical movement and things like that but there's something about understanding how Jim Henson's productions are put together you know um, and how seamlessly it looks but how well rehearsed it is just to convey a moment
0: you know So, um, so I gotta ask yeah have you talked to fellow Star Wars alum Mike Quinn about how you become a Muppeteer Oh, Mike. (laughs) I love Mike. Mike. I love Mike. Um,
2: The closest I've come to that realm, I mean, I'm, I I was until maybe, until solo, I kind of considered myself maybe a guest in that that world. You know, because there's a lot of things that I'm still learning, a lot of things that um, they're willing to teach me. And, and put me through certain things, <laughs> you know? Um, but it, the closest I came to that was being invited to the Muppets concert at the O2 Arena in London. Oh, um, very cool. Oh my <laughs> goodness, look at the, i goosebumps. The most incredible thing ever. You're hearing Muppets singing, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and, and you're, you're, seeing, you're, you're seeing them being operated and stuff, but on the screen, you're seeing how you would see it on the Muppets show. Um, just the most incredible experience seeing a show being made right before your eyes. Yeah, you know. Um, and it's, it has the same feel as panto. Panto doesn't always stick to the script. You know, there's a lot of making each other laugh halfway through deliberately. <laughs> right. You know, all that type of stuff. And um, it's yeah, I don't know. The Muppets, I I would love, I would love maybe just to be a cabbage. (laughs) You
0: know, uh, I'm I'm
1: right
2: there with you. Yeah, you know, let, um, let, let
0: well, you like have one the classic, small classic characters. Scene. Do you remember
2: that classic Sesame Street clip where you've got Kermit sitting there, and he's trying to go through the ABCs with this with this little, yes. um, little girl or something like that, and she just keeps saying Kermit the Frog or Cookie Monster or something. Cookie, Cookie Monster. Cookie monster. <laughs> mon- oh, just this. That that is what I love about that aspect of what we do, and I've I've been fortunate enough to be able to play characters in worlds that give that to children and families right. and things like that. So, um, it was an unexpected journey. Um, but, but it was while performing Tommy the cat. Now I just thought I was just entertaining children. I didn't even know it was called CFX back then, okay. you know, um, knew of it, knew how to do it, but you just didn't know that's what you call it. And mm-hmm. Brian Herring, on more than one occasion, was um, working on some of these productions with us. And it was during that period, or yeah, slightly after that period, where he then became a consultant for The Force Awakens. Okay. Um,
0: Now, I I want to interrupt real quick. CFX, effects. Character effects? Um, Creature effects. Creature effects. Okay. I
2: was close. I was close. I was close very close but 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 technically you know it is it is this character it's one in the same in terms of the characters you're performing through right. these costumes right. and as these costumes and not even thinking of it as a costume it's like extras um or um uh, what do you call them um supporting supporting cast supporting actors and actresses from time to time would say to me, I I would get too claustrophobic in that thing. You know, um, I don't know how you do it. And I'd say, well, what makes you so sure you're not inside one right now? (laughs) Uh, Good point. You know, and that kind of mentality helps me act through these, these suits because I'll either see the costume and what I'm supposed to look like before it's put on. Um, and if I'm lucky, I'll get to see what I look like while I'm wearing it. But then, when you see that yourself wearing it, it tells you its own story. It tells you how they move, how they how they act, or or you know what kind of yeah. attitude they have. And it was it was just through Brian Herring um, recommending me to Neil Scanlon, Neil Scanlon calling me in, um, and it was because Brian had seen me do it. So it came from a recommendation that could be that was validated um and i was brought into pinewood you know and you know these places you always wish you could go to but you don't want to go to unless you're working and being offered some jobs
1: or something
0: um, when i when i come to england um i want to go hit uh i want to go hit elstree and pinewood just because yeah No, i I don't have to be working i want to go because oh yeah yeah Being in the entertainment industry myself and just being a fan of a lot of the productions that are there, Uh, I just want to, I want the history and I want to absorb that creativity and that imagination that's come from those walls, from the, those floors. Yeah. I just want to soak it all in and just add to add to my own essence.
2: Yes. No, I totally feel that I'm, I'm exactly the same way. Um, But then there's that part of me as an actor (laughs) that doesn't want to tease myself with, oh, this is where this was made and that was made. Oh, when am I going to be in something that's made? (laughs) You know, Um, but that passion, a friend of mine, you know, a couple of few friends of mine from um, Skywalking Through Neverland, Richard and Sarah. We have a mutual friend in Brian Sims and he took me on the pilgrimage to Lucasfilm when I was in L.A. You know, went on that drive, man. Yeah, we took that trip. You know, it's that. Uh,
0: you know, I, I have my own friends who uh, could take me uh, to the ranch to LDAC, uh Larrman Digital Art Center. Um, so I, I've I've got my own connections for when I get yeah, up that yeah. way. I get up through there. It's like to to make that pilgrimage. And I had to one turn down like,
2: going to the ranch,
0: though, because
2: I think the following day there was like an auction. And I, I couldn't do, I couldn't be there for an auction. I couldn't. I couldn't. I'd be like, oh, so, I want
0: that, I want that, I want so, that. So, Please nobody really buy that. So you saved your pocketbook?
1: Yeah, I had to. <laughs> I had to. There was, yeah, that would have been dangerous. Yeah, I would have destroyed my wallet. <laughs> um, I want to ask,
0: and, and then I promised Derek, I'll let you get some questions in, but I know you, you gave us the heads up before show, you're still kind of feeling down like last week. Mm-hmm. Details. I know that's a stage name. No, that's your name. Wow! Wow! I was gonna say. I was gonna ask. how did you come up with that stage name? Because it's brilliant.
2: Well, they are well, at, oh my! My history. I mean, it fitted in perfectly when um, I was I went for an audition for MC Hammer, and all of oh, his wow. dancers, all of his dances had names like No Bones swoop and goofy and yo-yo and it was all based on either how they danced or how they looked and back then I had like this little wavy flat top and I had these two little ponytails just like you know how I had the one I had the two you know yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Um, and it, everything just fit and was in sync with that that time you know um there was a yeah there was a time really really early on when I spoke to my agent and I said do you think I should change my name and she said, Well, people are remembering you because of your name. Yeah. So it was just like, okay, okay. And also and also it fit in well with our band, you know, in the UK, I was details. You have G Man, you had Cool T and then you had KG. You know, it was that whole TLC vibe, right, right, right. vibe, all of that moment in the nineties, New Jack was just fading into like this R and B hip hop thing
0: so yeah see your your agent was right why change your name everyone thinks that's your stage name now and it's it's unique because i i honestly thought details because it's all about the details it's (laughs) that's a great stage name so your 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 parents very well done giving you such a great name (laughs) That Indeed. seems like a stage name.
2: You know, I'm I'm convinced they were smoking at the time, but they, they weren't not a
1: bit That spice gets everywhere. Yeah. They just knew what, what your what would be in your future. So wait, wait. So, so you're Absolutely. saying you're,
0: so you're saying your parents were pikes. <laughs> hey. Aren't we then, all we and, <laughs> and then later you played a pike. Oh, that's or, a that, or, uh, that's or, or, that's a trip in all of itself, man. Or, or, it's, or were you really playing a pike and you were just playing I, I was I
2: was really playing a pike. I knew I was a pike. <laughs> you know, and the and, and the thing is and the thing is it's Neil didn't know when he when he cast me in that role that I knew the pikes.
0: Okay. You know, So, I I'm, did, gonna, so I'm gonna ask, how did you know the pikes? Clone Wars, right? Okay. I, uh, listen, I, I, I know I know you're a huge fan. I know you are. <laughs> I, might, I might not know like certain names
2: of certain droids and things like that, but I'll know who you're talking about. <laughs> right? i'm that dude
0: So, so I'm I'm gonna ask this question. Sorry, Derek. I'm gonna ask this no, question. No. Have you have you heard of the podcast Wookie Radio before I reached out to you?
2: No, I did. I did my res- I did my research um as soon as you
0: did. Okay. I, I hope you become a listener, and, and yeah. now hopefully you, you become a listener of Weeby Geeks as well. Now, because we we had a little scheduling, but I think it's gonna be more fun. I, I think it's gonna be. I do want to get you on Wookie Radio as well, because uh, our other our our other co host that's on Wookie Radio uh, does some stunt work and some uh, CFX work. Nice. So uh, I would. I'm sure he would come up with questions that we would never think of coming up with, uh, and is, that we could just really go deep with Star Wars. The
2: thing but, is, I like I love talking about Star Wars with people who are passionate about Star Wars. Oh, we're passionate, you know. Um,
0: well,
2: I, yeah, I I come from I come from this place, you know, and I never thought in a million years, um, I would have anything to contribute to what it is that they put out there. Yeah, you know, and um. To be welcomed by uh, Neil Scanlon and Katie Hewitt at the CFX team, and be embraced by puppeteers who have worked with the Muppets, puppeteers who have worked on Harry Potter, puppeteers who have worked on some of the most amazing projects over span my years. Right. You know, um, it's a, it's a great honor um, that I feel like I have to really deliver. Each and every single time, you know, and then while I'm doing that, I'm enjoying every aspect of it because I know this world that we're in, right? I, I know it and love it so much,
0: right? Derek, I, I gotta turn the table over to you, so because I, I've just talked too much.
1: <laughs> you talk too much. <laughs> I don't, well,
0: you're our well, guest, you're supposed yeah, to talk yeah, more yeah. than us.
1: <laughs> um, but I, so I was wondering, um when you do these roles, do they give you any kind of backstory or do you make up your own or, or is it even necessary for you to play the part or? Oh, absolutely. There's,
2: there's, uh, there's a range. You have, um, supporting acting, um, wearing, wearing some creature heads and they're like, um, the furthest back to mid-range to close range what you might get on the screen. Then you have those that are in between that are either brand new or um, iconically legendary suits from, from way back when, just passing through so you get to see them. Mm. Um, and from from that line to the front line where it's kind of like you have hero suits, the hero suits have to be able to withstand close-ups, you know, um, as well as some of the iconic ones that you really want to get a nod on. So uh, you ha- you have that aspect, but then even before we've see really seen a costume, sometimes we get shown an image. Mm. And that could be drawn by Jake Lunt Davies or Luke Fisher or Martin Rezard. I, I don't, anybody could, be, it could be presented by any one of those geniuses there. And um, Neil um, will stand there, Neil, he will tell you what type of character it is at that point, because that character's evolution from its first inception may change after the director's had a look or how um, the set looks. You know, or the location, or the type of people, like slow and low. He was originally <clears throat> going to be a beachcomber, right? So it was going to be it was going to be like uh, well, just above the ankle, kind of like tanned uh, trouser pants he has, and maybe like a um, a more of a seventies V, v- okay. shirt type yeah, thing yeah, with yeah. the big wings, or whatever. Um, with a metal detector.
0: Which makes and sense for the name. Slow and muddler. <laughs> that is the tempo. Yeah.
2: <laughs> you know, and um, he, he was basically going to be beachcombing, and then a ship was going to fly over, and you're going to get that classic Star Wars image of a creature watching a ship fly over And I thought, oh, wow, <laughs> I'm going to be that dude. <laughs> and so um, as time went on, more layers were added. And it was just like, okay. Uh, and it was like, no, he's not a beach comer anymore. He actually um, has a has his own little um, uh, penthouse on the beach, you know, and he's an art collector, you know, and all these things started coming. He's an art collector and he collects all these things. And um, it's then started to make sense as Canto Bite became, to my knowledge at that point, a rich um, hub for the wealthy. Right. You Know and so before we even shot the external, um, with me and the um, the police, what do you know? Remember what those guys were called? Yeah. I don't know, uh,
0: it was the Canto Bike Police,
2: yeah, right. So, so those before so, while so before we shot that scene, um, we shot the uh casino, okay, right. So, they were so, and that was over a period of a few weeks, I, I believe, and my first uh, introduction to that scene was they just wanted me to walk through the crowds and stuff like that, so they had a wide shot of everything moving. And even from that point on, it was like, well, he's wealthy, and so he has a bit of a swagger, and he looks about, and, you know, you see you see this on this big, long face that he could do that, you know, and, and so there was some of that. And then um, uh, I was getting conflicting messages as to... How wealthy and upright he was compared to whether he's just chill from the beach and and that that type of character. <clears throat> so I spoke to Ryan Johnson, Ryan Johnson, who was on the set constantly, and I said, "Can you? Uh, yeah. Well, who is this dude? You know, I'm getting. You know, is he is he wealthy? What 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 what's his what's his thing?" And he said, "Oh no, he's just a cool dude." Yeah. That I was like. Okay,
0: <laughs>
2: you know, got it. Yeah, you know, and so and so and so. When we got up to that scene where I point out Rose and Finn, um, in front of me I've got Ollie Taylor and Steve Kinman on um, doing the animatronics for my face. Oh, cool. And in rehearsals, I learned really quickly that where they were going with the expression, because they can't help but pull the face when they mate, when they're doing these things. And so, and so as soon as they're pointing them out, it's just like, yep, those are the guys. And then all of a sudden, as soon as they get zapped, you're hearing the cue, right? So you're saying, OK, and they get zapped and, and you react. And we all reacted at the same time. And it was such a natural symbiotic relationship in that moment that that it was just one in a million I think we only did I think it was one take I think it was was one take and another one for safety um it was just shot that quick it just worked um but there was that evolution from him being you know wealthy no being a beachcomber to them being wealthy to them being yeah he's rich but he's cool rich you know um but yeah, so so you get these kind of things, but then you're you're given this, but then you work with the physics, the physical build of that character. Um that that moment where he points them out and they get zapped and he goes, Oh, like that. There's a split second after that where you see a bit of the crowd and you see him one walking off and you just see him doddering off. <laughs> you know, it's it's just these little things that you You build upon based on how they look and what kind of attitude that they have, but it's such a beautiful process because I get to perform as some of the most strange characters. But there is something about them, you know.
1: Yeah.
0: Now, you are one of the few actors or CFX performers to have been in a protocol droid esque body. Uh, when you were L1 in Rogue One. Yeah. What was that experience like? Because I've heard some people say it that costume is very claustrophobic.
1: I could see that. Oh, hell no. Oh, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um,
2: that whole experience, I wouldn't trade for anything. Um, L1 con was set up to play was set up as being k2so and so that's who that character originally was going to be that's why you can understand why um pablo had a play on words with k hon you know and it's con as in one you know Um, he's the first k so to speak but um i spent maybe four weeks spaced out a little bit. Um having this suit meticulously built to my measurements. Um it was extremely comfortable. Um oh, interesting. Think about it, it's it's almost like a um a onesie. Almost like a onesie right. with the bits, with the bits on. And what isn't on, they can attach and put on and strap around you. Um, so where there isn't metal your body is breathing yeah it's getting getting some air um the helmet was absolutely beautiful um when you took it was it it was a two-part helmet so you could take off the lower part right um which fitted in with magnets um built by neil ellis and toby um at pinewood absolutely beautiful but when you took it off it was like, it was almost like um, um, you have 30 seconds to comply, you know, it was Robocop. that
0: cool. Robocop. Yeah, it was oh, that wow. cool.
2: Yeah, yeah. And, um, and also there were holes, there were holes in the bottom for me to breathe. But also this part here, um, the visor, um, I could see through that. The lights were here. I could see all around there. Um, I think there was a bit of mesh behind that, but I could see through it. But air's coming in, okay. And and what better to, than than um, having a suit that breathes? We're shooting outside, you know, um, okay. an absolute beautiful costume. And I couldn't tell from the outside, but when I spoke, when I was speaking to the children in that scene, um, I was speaking more like that, and it and it resonated. Oh cool. In in there. So occasionally people say, Is that have you got a voice thing in there? And I didn't need one because it it, it sounded so good like that. Um, uh-huh. but I love that suit. Yeah, they they cloned that suit. That suit has been got painted a few times. You know, yeah. a few yeah. things. and it's been worn by Nathan Plant, but but more often it's been worn by Stephanie Silver, who likes to tease me that we could fit into the same thing. And I'm just <laughs> like
0: now now my neck my question is, have you talked to them about making a duplicate helmet so you can have it for for the shelf?
2: Nah, yeah. Yeah, we yeah, we don't get those things. <laughs> we yeah. don't, we, we, we don't get, we're not that lucky to get those things. I remember JJ Abrams um was able to keep my cratinous head from from um uh, The Force Awakens in Maz's Castle. Um and I know he, he was allowed to keep a few a few little things like that. um the only things that I've been able to ha- I've been gifted with um have been oh, I've been gifted with in solo myself and um Tom Bell who was who were prashi and, Krat- and Sin force awakens. Um, we played. These gotterites in the, in solo, they're in they're in the same um, scene as the card game, and they okay. they look like they look like moles, yeah, 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 being, yeah, yeah, yeah. or whatever, and we were just drinking, you know, um, uh, whatever. What is it called? They call it in Mando. Is it Shabak or something? Well, we were drinking something,
0: and. Uh, you, you guys looked like the the rodents of unusual size from yes from uh, Princess Bride. Princess Bride. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yes,
0: yeah, Descendants. Um, but
2: uh, what was I going to say? Yes, the those yeah those suits that we had the, the space suits, They had these badges on the shoulders, and the wardrobe department made us uh, made myself and Tom um, a badge to keep. And it's all written in Star Wars language, and it's got their names of everyone oh. who was involved in that. Oh, wow. And another thing that I made was was during was after Rogue One, during The Last Jedi, I had my Rogue One um, jacket, which is army green, it's an army jacket, right, right, um, with Rogue One on the side and and all the information there. And because I was playing L one, and he was blue. I asked if the wardrobe department would put a blue rebel sign on the back and they put a rebel sign on the back. So I have the only crew jacket in the world with the blue rebel symbol on the back.
0: Well, we will, I will add to that as soon as I get them in. Um, I've had made up that will be part of our promotional things that we're going to give for Wookiee radio to remove before flight tag, but it's in the yellow and black diagonal stripe. Right. With remove before flight in Arabish. <laughs> and I will make sure I send one to you so you have
2: it. Oh bless you, absolutely.
0: So um now, Derek,
1: um, don't worry, I got some for you, you and Ken as well. Oh I figured you would <laughs> um, I have I have a, actually a question going back to um something you were talking about previously and um you were mentioning in the uh the canto bite scenes and everything that you were you were in the costume, and they, the the uh, you had puppeteers operating the mask and the animatronics and stuff. And I was just uh, I was curious what what's that like, um, knowing that somebody else is controlling the facial features and everything. And does it does that affect how you play the part at all, or is it? First of all, I'm I'm always
2: excited. When that aspect is brought in, because I know I'm working with people that have worked with the Henson's, they know what they're doing. the guys mm-hmm. that worked on um the dark crystal well, most oh, of, like nice. nine, yeah. nine of them came from came from um, our studio you know it's just some beautiful thing so we had this um, it wasn't so much a boot camp, but we had rehearsals we had rehearsals and we rehearsed how certain scenes were going to play. So certain characters who couldn't see in their heads um, were getting used to having an earpiece and understanding um, uh, walk at pace, stop, turn three o'clock, mm-hmm. yeah, look up and down suspiciously, you know, and, and building up that trust with, um, the person that is operating your face but also your eyes Interesting. So, so the trust aspect is is uh it, how do you describe it It's um deeply symbiotic mm. you know like you're holding hands but, but at a distance, but you're you're not really um, amazing amazing moment. I was watching the monitor. Um, while they were filming Finn and Rose approaching the bar and um, they were filming some other little cut scenes for some of the other units, but also filming from above looking down at people walking around the floor space, just having all this extra footage you put in case they want to put it in or in, in case they want to extend the movie by a couple of hours or something. You know, just filming all this stuff as you do. Mm-hmm. And Lo and behold, this this guy comes up behind me and um, you know and he said and he just says he says, yeah that looks, looks amazing. And I'm I'm like, I looked across and then I just turned around and I looked back and I was just looking at the screen. And I said, Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just went into this automatic mode of saying, explaining what was going on, you know, and I said, You see that guy right down there? He can't see. He's listening to a guy telling him when to stop and just at that moment that character walked right up to a staircase that was going down and stopped looked around went back right wow. um, and the person that I was speaking to was Mark Hamill
1: right? oh, oh very wow. cool
2: <laughs> and so, and so the reason why I went into that explanation is because if I didn't I would be a blubbering mess you know um, it's it, it's, it's, it's talking to people and introducing them to that world as well, you know. Um, but when I put that stuff on, I feel like I'm in the best hands, right? So if the, if if they're going to do their job as good as I know they can do their job, then I, I better make sure that, that I'm there with them. And so through rehearsals, like I said, with especially with Steve Kinman, there was one scene where um, uh, Sloan low was stood in rehearsals um as if he was talking to to people and they were all holding their glasses and and having a chit chat and all that type of stuff and while we're doing that i've got steve kimman and ollie taylor opposite me and i think there are a couple of other guys opposite all the other people that were in this conversation or one or two in this conversation and the only thing that i could I couldn't lead the movement in terms of leading the expression because they wouldn't know where it was coming from. But um, they would they would do the voice. They would do some talking and, and stuff like that. So I would just mime to the talking. And then when they were about to do a facial expression, they would do it. And so I would know exactly where they're going. And so it, it, it finds its rhythm hmm. when you do it like that. Um, now, claustrophobic, claustrophobic?
0: No. No when when you're getting directions are you are they just shouting at you across or are you wearing like a in-ear monitor setup uh, like you would um, like you would listen to your mixes on on stage uh performing with your band assuming um, you used, I, and i'm assuming you used in-ears when you performed and not wedges this, this was before ears. <laughs> okay yeah. so, yeah. so you're using wedges <laughs> yeah. Here i am doing audio talk <laughs>
2: Um, no, it, it was. You would hear. You would hear if, if the director wanted to say something to you, they'd come up to you and say it, or you know, you they would they would check if if you could hear them from where they were, um, yeah. uh, and if you've got a earpiece in, it's it's either it's on all the time or it's on on off all the time on and off all the time uh, from time to time. And you'll hear what the director has to say, but when you're in your scene, and the scene has to be quiet because the the actors are talking or some transition is happening somewhere along the line, Um, the animatronics, whoever's operating it, whether it's Marcus, Clark, you know, um, at a distance, he's watching the monitors, he's watching me, and he says, okay, and they're walking past now, take a look to your left, slowly, then I can do that. you know. And depending on what, what the character looks like, what the scene is like, I know whether that's just a, 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 a general glance or someone who's just looking someone up and down and, you know, one of those. Um, but that, all of that, all of those reactions in that relationship with someone who's operating the face, you know, um, it gets honed in. You know, right. either on the threat or or we've already honed it in. Um, and sometimes, even with, I remember with slow, slow and slow and low. You know, to sink in with them, I would say that I was about to do something. When I do that, I'm about to do something. You know, and they and they know they know that they're about to do something at that point too, and they'll know whether it fits or
0: not. Okay. But uh, yeah. You, so, you get, so that's the importance of tech rehearsals.
2: Well, yeah. Um, but then also a lot of what we do as CFX is um, you put in the suit and either you know Star Wars or you don't. You know, there's not much coaching you need to give me about being in a droid suit unless you want that droid to move so, differently in some way right um and unless i kind of perceive it needing to move it in a different way i mean 3po is very you know and prim, prim and probably. Like, yeah yeah he's a butler right? right so um with l1 he's a tactical manufit droid right so they they watch the whole entire landscape and can probably work out where all their um interesting uh, these mm-hmm. art so so, so it, he would it would be more like that you know and there was more of it in different aspects of what we shot because there were moments where there were three sections there was a section where I was fixing something or working on something and it, and it wasn't working correctly so I gave it a kick just like 3PO gave R2 a kick in, mm-hmm. in A New Hope which I knew they liked um and then uh There was a moment where me and myself and the kids were by a downed um, starfighter or speeder, and we were supposed to be tinkering around with this, uh, getting all the parts, stripping it for parts. When a tank rolls in, and so you can understand, well, that's a real tank. We've got kids and a dude in a suit that can barely see where he's going, (laughs) right? In their eyes, I could see fine, but you know, so that that scene didn't work. But the scene that they put in. Was absolutely magical because that wasn't even when um, cameras had been announced to be rolling. This was all. This is all that um, Gareth, um, Gareth uh, Edwards guerrilla film sh- um, style of shooting comes in. The kids had come back from a break, and they and their carer had said, "Oh, go and hang out with. Oh, look, there's your there's your friend, the the Droid. Go and see your friend." And as they came running over. I was so excited to see them, you know? And I was doing this and, and they were actually genuine. It was like, you didn't have to tell them to act like they were in Star Wars. They would talk to you like you were a droid. You know, they were all part of that whole pretense because they were yeah. surrounded by this world. And all I could do was honor that because that's what I would do, you know? And and lo and behold, that's the, the, the scene that ends up in the movie, you know? and and then Pablo writes this beautiful piece about um the droid um trying to save up for his own upgrade um but while he's doing that he's befriended some street urchins who um he uh finds food for so that they can eat and oh, all this type of stuff and I'm like this is the most beautiful droid I've ever seen what had in my life <laughs> um but that was an incredible experience but the direction is either there or it's not cratinous force awakens um uh d you're reacting to Tom, all you're doing, Tom, is trying to what is 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 making d laugh <laughs> with the faces that we had, we could do that
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> um I know Tolsite had a figure made and oh. a Lego minifig made <clears throat> so right there. One character, two platforms for action figures. What other? Character? And rare, and rare. Which one? The Lego? Um, uh, the,
2: the Lego now because they they don't make that anymore, do they? Um, the figure I think, um, yeah, is has been hard to find.
0: Really, see, mm-hmm. that's a figure I was. I'm going to be looking for because I am in in the room that I'm in right now. I am making a shelf that is my podcast guest shelf. Oh. And I'm getting a figure of every character that that I, if that person that has is a really figure, cool. that's very cool. So like we, <laughs> we had Neil Ross who did a voice of a couple Transformers, and he was also a voice of a couple GI Joes, but he's most known for Shipwreck. So I'm trying, right. I'm trying to get Shipwreck. Uh, we had Emily Swallow on from Mandalorian, so I'm getting the armor. Uh, we had Ross, who was uh, Sno- the body double for Snoke, but one of your on the Wookiees that you slate were in slate.
2: Ross, Ross yes. Dude, I I love Ross.
0: <laughs> so so I'm, I'm gonna find Snoke because they didn't make for solo the the Wookiee slaves. That's right. Or I would have already picked it up. Um so now I want to add Quay Tulsite because we've interviewed you because they never they never made an L1 figure that I can no. Is, is toll the only character you've done from star Wars that they made a figure of?
2: Um, yes. Um, Krasnus has, um, a PlayStation character, <laughs> oh, um, <laughs> you know, um, in that world. Uh, but toll the only one, you know, and it's, it was such a great experience working on solo. Um, with the actors, the directors, the crew, just that whole experience, that whole world, and
0: no. um, getting to play in it, just... When you came into Solo, was it already under Ron Howard's control, or was it with the original directing team? Um, the original directing team, Phil and Chris. Um, just
2: lovely guys, just... Oh, you know, it's... You know, so. so- it's funny to turn up the next day and you, and it's like oh well you know there's been a turnaround there's been a switch it's just like mm. oh man it's just like and then but then then you look and you look who who's, who's coming to join the team and you're just like
0: yeah <laughs> you know <laughs> I grew up
2: I grew up watching um, Happy Days um, it doesn't matter what he's directed since then when I was a kid yeah I've known him since I was a kid that's how we say it, yeah. yeah we've known one since we were kids so. To, to be un, under his under his care in in a in a film and to be introduced to him stood next to um Donald Glover, mm. Paul Alden, you know um,
0: Phoebe, Amelia, it's you it. know Jonas, and the Falcon. <laughs> and we we know that feeling about the Falcon because of Galaxy's Edge. Yeah,
2: imagine, imagine, imagine you know and I, I, and I'm on Kessel, and. And I run the spice mines of Kessel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I
0: run the spice. You got overthrown, <laughs> but I ran the spice mines of Kessel. <laughs> uh, how, how's, it, how's it? How's it? feel to be the only pike that got overthrown in a droid revolution?
2: It's it's absolutely beautiful. I have, I have, I have, I have my ass handed to me by the mother of dragons. What could I complain about?
1: <laughs>
0: it's true. That's, yeah, true. that's
2: a good point. Yeah, uh, I'm trying to add that to my
0: CV. Yeah. Well, and, and of course, you know, backing her up was Woody from from Cheers. Oh, yeah. Woody's really so cool, man. <laughs> I just, you know, I remember when we wrapped,
2: just just giving that brother such a huge hug. It, it was just amazing. Yeah, amazing. And, I, and I did say to him, you know, is there any plans for Zombieland 2 or whatever? And he says, oh no they're talking about it you know less than a month later
0: <laughs> now who knew that was coming he could have said something
1: <laughs> now the
0: question is when do we get zombie land three <sighs> ask him
2: and and i bet you'll be the next month <laughs> okay Thank you, really. uh
0: oh, well will have to do that um with willow you played a character of uh, falcon falcon that's right yeah who was in the original film, right? Ish. Okay, <laughs> yeah. so his, his, his species. His the species. species were in the original film. Okay. You
2: know, um, when it came to the TV series, um, th- things, time had already passed and things had already happened in that world to the point where um, the crone, um, the villain of the piece that you don't really get to see, right. um, has recruited the trolls and by giving them this um I can't remember what it's called by giving them this liquid to drink it's accelerated their their sense of evolution it's almost like, oh you you know remember you remember in um Gremlins <laughs> Gremlins too yes and then all of a sudden all of a sudden there's that oh yeah it's that that one with the posh one under glasses. Oh,
0: yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah 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 it's almost like that happened to them. Right. So um yeah, that was and and I got cast six months before I knew I'd been cast for it by um, John Kasdan, because we'd worked together for, for that long period on Solo, right. you know. And he said, he said, um, yeah, I thought I'd bring you along because it's going to be more work in the caves.
0: <laughs> okay. Of all the roles that you've had as a cfx artist what's been and i know it's hard because they're all your children yeah what's been the favorite quay all site
2: okay quay tall has been the favorite um but it's like that question if you ask me you say what's your favorite star wars movie i would say star wars because i know what george lucas had to go through to have that movie made and without that I, movie we would have nothing right and, um,
0: I, and I say thank you for for identifying it right, yeah. Derek's a little younger than me, but when I saw, because you you said what, Derek? Empire was the first one you saw in the theaters?
1: No, the first one I saw saw was the original Star Wars.
0: Okay, that's right. Mm. But, but no, it's it, but we're old know. enough. It was Star Wars, not. Yeah, like, but it, yeah but yeah but
2: it, but when you look at these things and you say well which movie was better you know back to the future one or back to the future two and it's just like oh that's that's a tough one right but two does does pick it up a little bit right but it's that natural process but the the heartfelt appreciation that i have for that film my right. best my, my best special effects scene in in all of star wars is um Han Solo and Luke Skywalker on the Taunthorns and that's all stop motion animation.
0: Yeah. Oh remember. Remember.
2: yeah. Um, yeah. A, a closer, a close one behind that, because I was literally on the other side of the of the set watching it on the monitor when it happened, is um in solo where um Derek Arnold is wearing six eyes and yeah. Alden is is is, is 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 holding his hand and six eyes is cheating. And that's all being spoken to on the set saying, okay, now um, you're going to look at Alden's cards. Underneath the table, you've got Matt Denton and um, one of the other guys, that, uh, uh, I think his name's Richard. i um, sorry if I was wrong, um, but they're under that table. And as, as they can hear the instruction, and I'm sure they're watching the monitors, it all happens real time. So Six Eyes is cheating. He gets caught cheating, then he looks up. And then, and, and, and kind of plays around with it, whatever. And to watch that magic literally happening before your eyes, yeah, I, I'm, I, I told them, I told them, afterwards. that's one of the most amazing things I've ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. Just, that, just that coordination with Derek, with um, the two guys underneath the table. There was plenty of guys under the table for that scene. But um, for those two guys, um, olden um playing to it um, the director saying what what needs to happen that was just beautiful um, but yeah when i think about the start of things for me i i would say cratinus without cratinus i would never have been able to impress neil enough for him to want to cast me as k2so in 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 rogue one you know and yeah. and give me these Incredible parts to play these incredible roles, and some of them you know, I'm like, How do you know that I even know how to do that? Falcon in Willow, how do you know whether I've worn contacts before, whether I've worn false teeth before, whether I've worn prosthetics before? How do you know that I can perform out of that? Because I haven't, I don't want to put a damn thing in my eye. (laughs) (laughs) But but if you say it's Lucasfilm asking you to do it, it's just like, Yeah, no problem, just put it in. Right. And, yeah. and um, it's that kind of, it's that kind of context. Um, and, and also I have to say Falcon is somewhat a little bit special too, because it's the first character I've done explicitly for Lucasfilm um, that wasn't Star Wars. Wow, You know, um, it was a great honor to be a part of that and to work with, with Warwick who have been teamed up with in some of these other previous movies. And I'm a big fan of, you know, it's just, It's a lot of me kind of like playing it down. You know, um, how much of a fan that I am, because if I don't, I might lose concentration. If I don't, I might forget to press record in my head to remember this moment. Right. Um, And not everyone who works on Star Wars wants to talk like this about Star Wars, right? (laughs) But I'm just like...
0: oh no, I I totally get it. Um, We were talking before... Before show i showed you the picture of uh as we're recording yes this is the one year or the one cycle anniversary if we stay in universe the one cycle anniversary of the launch of the star cruiser the galactic star cruiser here at walt disney world um the halcyon and i was part of the opening team for that or the launch crew for that right and to as you were saying um it's one thing to be backstage with the captain with uh among with wraith with uh wani and chewy but to be out there amongst the guests you know just to run from one st- stage location to another or one technique <laughs> to another yeah. through this immersive stage yeah and, or be involved in a show and knowing i gotta open the door for for sk620 the astromech to roll out and, and and you sit there, and you're not only are you talking to the to the droid driver, but you're talking <laughs> to the droid as if the droid's human as well, or a personality as well. You, you find yourself talking to both.
1: Yeah. Um, on,
0: on, on Solo,
2: I found myself back set, on the other side of the set with Matt Denton, and he was putting together a few BBHs to send over to LA and things like that. And as I walked away. Um, BBA came rolling with me beeping and stuff like that. And I know it's Matt, but be it's BBA's responding to you like, like a puppy dog. Just yeah. and, and, and you can't help but relate and, and and connect with with that performance because it's there are no strings, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. Um and I remember, oh, I remember on the on on the set of solo um Corellia the Corellia station Andy Newton had brought her her kids down all right and um during one of the breaks I think it might have been Patrick Comerford I think it might have been one of those guys who were operating one of the droids but there was an R2 on set and this little kid was going backwards and forwards with this droid and playing with it and giggling in and 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 it would have broken your heart to see, yeah, you know, and oh. and and yeah. I, it informed some people that because see, you know, it's not everybody gets it like that. And say, oh, dude, that's sweet, but no, that is what this is all about.
0: Well, there, that, the, there's there's the story of uh, the actors who played young Leia. That there was a, um, an R-series astromech on set that I think she only interacted with one time. But they kept that droid on set or on, on location with her because whenever she came off set, she went to that droid. And, oh. it, and I'm, I'm hearing all this and I'm like, uh, whoever the droid builder was that made that droid better figure out how to make another one and get it to her right away. Absolutely. That way she has her, that way she has her personal droid. Absolutely. It's that
2: those, those are Star Wars magical moments, Yeah, you know, and ha- however fleeting they may be when you see something like that, or you experience something like that, or your thought process goes to a place like that, you know, um, that's uh that's the heart that's the heart of 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 everything that we we we've grown up with that's what we were actually resonating with there's there's a frequency there and and it's and it's it's not it's not a coincidence it's not a coincidence that a child responded to r2 there's something there's something in that um that is so innocent and to be connected to uh a company like Lucasfilm and Disney, with with Star Wars, that can give you stories with with, with um, Mando and Goku. <laughs> absolutely. It's 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 beyond. It's you know what? It's beyond TV. It's it's almost beyond cinema because you haven't seen anything that touches you like that, and and where you can actually feel and see the unconditional love that. This guy has for this this foundling that he has, you know, and you see that relationship grow. Um, Grogu, you see this relationship grow, you know, um, and become what it is to the point where he's pacing backwards and forwards while Ahsoka's um communicating with 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 Grogu, and I'm tearing up because that's just, that's a father. That's a, that's, that's yep. a father right there.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's just beautiful. Derek any other questions that you have? Not that I can think of at the moment. Okay. Then I'm going to do like we usually do with our guests. I'm going to flip the mm-hmm. tables and let our guests ask us a couple questions. Okay. Let's, Let's have, have a think. With how
2: how are you how are you viewing The Mandalorian and um and Boba Fett? You know, uh, as as these these two shows, do you, do you see them all as one thing, or or do you see them as their separate entities? Um, because a lot of the um, the public was slow slow to the pickup that um, these are literally live action Clone Wars, right? So you're going to get crossovers left, right, and center, right. Um, and you had. I, I quite yeah you know you had these people going say oh oh cool Boba Fett's show there must be it might as well call it the Mandalorian show you know what I mean how do you feel about those interactions
1: those crossovers I go ahead Derek um it's it's interesting um I I like the crossover I like that. Um the Mandalorian. I like that Mando was helping Boba Fett and, and they, they had a good relationship and everything. Um the the episode the 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 only thing that was a little weird was there was like an episode or two or one and a half episodes that were completely of the book of Boba Fett that were completely Mandalorian oriented. Um and at one point it felt like Boba Fett was doing a cameo in his own show, so, <laughs> but but on the other hand, um, it was a great bridge to season three too because you see how he gets his new ship and everything, and how he gets how Grogu comes back and everything. So right, so I, it's it's kind, of, it's kind of like always for me, like it's all one interwoven story for everything. So. That's always how I kind of look at it. Right, I agree.
0: Um, I th- I'm trying to remember how because uh, I know we discussed this on, on Wookiee Radio. Um, Book of Boba Fett. I enjoyed. I I almost wish instead of doing the flashbacks, you know, do the initial flashback to him escaping the Sarlacc pit, having the armor taken from the Jawas, and then you know going through everything w- with the Tuskins. I almost wish they, they started the flash, you know, the way they started that flashback there, I wish they stayed in flashback mode for the next few episodes. Oh, right. Then come back present. Right. Flash forward back present. But it's make, make those flashbacks a full episode, which they almost did with with the train episode. Um, yeah. yeah. With, with the Mandalorian episodes, they were fine because, again, like Derek said, we see how Mando gets to where he is in helping Finnick and, and Boba. But I don't, I don't think everything was needed of the Mandalorian leaving to go to the temple, to get, um, to get Grogu, you know, to see Grogu, to see Ahsoka, to see Luke. I don't think a lot of that was necessary. Maybe a brief thing of, Hey, I brought you this and Luke going, well, he's going to have to choose and then gone. And then all of a sudden, mm. Because um, isn't it near the end of Mandalorian season two that we see he's gotten the the
1: starfighter, the n1 starfighter? No, that was in Book of Boba oh, Fett. Was yeah. that all? Book, book of Boba Fett. Yeah, he built it in Book of Boba Fett. Okay. And the, the other interesting thing about that is is so my wife and I were watching the the Mandalorian first episode today, and um, my wife really enjoys The Mandalorian, I think partially because of Grogu, but anyway, you know, that's, that's whatever. <laughs> but um, she did not watch The Book of Boba Fett because she didn't really have any interest in it at the time. So she missed the whole thing about, so I had to tell her about how he got his new ship and how Grogu came back and everything because she completely missed all that. So she had gone from season two to season three and some stuff that happened to Mandalorian mm-hmm. and she had no idea because she didn't watch Book of Boba Fett well I mean, all she has to do is watch the last three episodes <laughs> yeah <laughs> I mentioned that yeah it's it's
2: um I don't know I immediately recognized it more clearly with season two of Mandalorian that it was, what, they, what they're doing is just the live-action version of the Clone Wars, mm. you know? Um, and who better to be a part of that and, and, and in the creation of that than Dave Filoni, you know, um, with the expertise oh, yeah, right. and wisdom from John Favreau, you know, and right. and love from Jon Favreau. So uh, with that in mind, it was only, it made sense that we saw Ahsoka and then Bo-Katan. You know, um, and and those types of guys. And then in Luke, you know, and of course, because that's what would happen in the Clone Wars, right. you know. Um, and what they've done is they kind of bracketed these things off, whether it's the Book of Boba or whether it's just the Chronicles of the Mandalorian or whatever, and how they all interweave. But I was thinking the other day, it's like well, I could watch the Mandalorian. And then I have to at some point I could then watch some book of Boba Fett right on top and right until he finds Fennec, you know, and try and try and um, put it all, put those yeah. yeah that way, hmm. you know? Um, but yeah, I, it's, it's one of those things. I, I love the way that it's, that it's played out like that, that all they've done is just separated, it, put in it's two brackets Mandalorian and Boba Fett when it could just be one thing.
0: It's interesting how now you're, you're encouraging that thought. Or not encouraging, inspiring that thought of trying to figure out the timeline of the episodes
1: of <laughs> yeah, Buck and *Boba yeah. Fett*
0: and um, *The Mandalorian* on how you yeah. how you pull it off to uh, to create the um, a, a continuity timeline.
1: Yeah, uh, between
0: all the flashbacks and everything. <clears throat> with, yeah, with, which, think which would be wild. The, 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 I think because of those flashbacks, you could, you could put you could
2: put in quite a bit of a chunk. Right oh, before but,
0: um, right before the Mandalorian.
2: Yeah. Yeah. But I love that moment in um Boba where he sees the he sees the flares and it's just like, oh no, that's what, that's when that was
0: happening. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. I forgot what I was gonna yeah. go. <laughs> Do you want another oh. question? <laughs> See, I, I'm seeing Mandalorian and um the Book of Boba Fett along the lines of the Mandalorian is the different Clint Eastwood spaghetti westerns and the book of boba fett is like that spin-off movie from one of those spaghetti westerns <laughs>
1: hmm.
2: it's it's interesting there's i mean boba has this he's always been cooler than the average bounty hunter you know right. even even as far as a, a western is concerned he's just very very stoic you right. know um With Mando, there's this. You you see, you see this guy who's just so cool at doing his job, Uh you know, um, and he's he knows how good he is at his job and what needs to be done. So, you know, I can bring you warm, I can bring in cold. It's just like, oh, do we have to do this? He'd be like that with anybody. Yeah. Right. But then at the same time, it's this whole aspect and this part of him that we got introduced to when he made that decision not to fly off the planet and and go and get go and get that kid save that kid you know and then we now realize that every episode he's he has from that point he's trying to move forward and trying to work out what how he's going to protect this kid and to get to one stage and the next he has all these trials he has yeah. these trials that he has to do, but he's willing to do that for this kid. And 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 that's what that momentum is. That's what that that track that he's on, you know? And it's like one episode is it's like, oh, well, he has to help this frog lady, yeah. <laughs> you know? Why is he helping this frog lady? Oh, yeah. You have to go through a whole episode because we, you have to help her get to her husband so her husband can tell you where you can find some Mandalorians. Yeah. You know, it's, it's beautiful like that, you yeah, know, and it's yeah. so driven, which is, which makes it which makes his emotions for, for Goku so much more intense when he's willing to pull on a sauntery pursuit for this kid. Right, right. You know, it's just
0: uh just love that. And you you said you had another question.
2: Yeah, do you want another
0: one? Yeah, we'll take another one.
2: <laughs> okay. Um, what has been let's let's only talk let's talk about movies what's been some of the most beautiful surprises you've had in these stories now i don't mean the obvious like luke i'm your father i mean like the, the moments in these in these movies that you you think that oh my goodness this is just god this has just stepped up and it could be anything innocuous to anything um
1: hmm. well i can start with one thing um which i have mentioned before is i can i can remember the first time i saw star wars in the theater In just that moment when you saw when you saw the the uh, the first <laughs> spaceship battle and you saw you know the the big ship coming over. yeah when you saw the star destroyer at that moment yeah. I, I just remember that i was i was just like this is the coolest thing i've ever seen. <laughs> And it was only going to get better from there. Yeah. I know. I mean,
0: I can almost do a top five.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, what Derek just mentioned is one, two, Vader's first appearance. Oh yes. Yeah. Uh, Three, the original battle of Yavin flying to the Death Star with the small ragtag fleet of X-Wings. Right. Which is something our generation saw (laughs) and you'll only see if you could find an original unaltered copy of the film.
2: That's right.
0: <laughs> um, Four from, um, from attack of the clones, Dooku's speech to Obi-Wan talking about yeah. how, you know, and you're like, wait, Dooku's supposed to be Sith, but he's talking to him almost like, like obi wans Sith. And he's the Jedi. Cause he's, Yo. he's totally laying out what's happening with the Republic or w- with the Republic and how, He needs to be on the side of forming a rebellion and the whole concept of a rebellion starting with Dooku, not when we see it after the end of the Clone Wars. And that it was essentially almost Dooku putting it out there in the universe that there's a rebellion that needs to happen because Palpatine's evil. And I think it's because Dooku doesn't realize that Sidious is Palpatine. Um, And then that
2: that whole period, that whole period is, is absolutely engrossing um Mm-mm.
0: yeah and and then i think uh my number five actually comes from the rise of skywalker and that's when kylo's in his own head and you turn around and the world's best kept secret ever harrison ford pops up in and rise of skywalker it's like wait what whoa he's back <laughs> okay i understand he's a he's a figment of kylo's imagination but harrison but, came back to yeah yeah for this? <laughs> Is this because Kerry passed that he did this? Because you know, he was wanting one and done. He was gonna do the one film and supposedly done, and that's why he was killed off. So he had his grand exit. So that was I mean, to me, that was another that's probably one of the most brilliant moments for me from the from the sequel trilogy.
2: I think with I think with Harrison in terms of um one and done and, and things like that, is that it's not it out of not wanting to do it it's out of what is there what journey is left for for that character right you know um uh what significant reason does he have for actually being in another scene or being there you know um and that's what he was i think that's what he it was reported he was struggling with or not even struggling with but just perceiving way back when you know in terms of well, OK, you've got all these things going on. Where does my character go from here? You know, what happens? You know, it, it's it, and, and when and when there is uh, another story lined up, ready to go, you know, it's hard to kind of like find that um, reason to, to just keep making it happen. You know, so, yeah, it all makes sense. Um, and it was it was a beautiful surprise. It was a beautiful surprise, to be fair.
0: Yeah. 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 Where can people find you online? Um, you can find me on Twitter as just details.
2: Um, Facebook, you can find me as details. <laughs> you can recognize me uh, on my profile page. i will be a daffy duck for, for Facebook. But um, Instagram, my last account got hacked. Yeah. Um, so, I, so I'm now at digital underscore tails underscore official um the last account if you're on it jump off it's called digital underscore star but that account's hacked but one thing i will say is that um i think it's important to know because everybody will tell you about avoiding hackers you know and they'll say um uh you gotta beef up your security you gotta change your passwords and uh, but they don't tell you that's what you do uh, anyway everything's set up with your passwords um, and that's only something you they want you to do after something's happened, but they won't tell you what it is that's going to happen or what is at, at, what is the threat of, of something happening. And that is somebody you know, somebody you love, a friend of yours, a, a work colleague, um, your neighbor or something might send you a message and say, "Oh, I need your vote. Can you vote for me by copy and pasting this back to me? Yeah. What they're doing is playing on your um, on on certain psychological aspects of your attachment to that individual, where you're not even going to stop and think. But if anybody sends you anything like that, copy and paste this back to me. It's a vote. You copy and paste that back to them. You're getting kicked straight out of your account because their account has been hacked. It's the hackers. Of um, your friends' accounts or whatever that are contacting you, saying, "Can you copy and paste this back to me?" Um, it's important that you know this and that you spread the word, and you don't. T- and you tell people um, the same way you say, "Oh, well, you need some parent security on your thing or whatever." Make sure everybody knows about that because that's what they're doing. Um, once they've done that and taken your account, they'll then say, "Oh, I've just won this car through b- cryptocurrency." And if they don't know you can't drive, <laughs> <right>? <laughs> um, they will fall for it and end up like um, a few people have, lo- losing £3,500 wow. to these hackers. And for some reason, Instagram won't shut them down. You know, you know where they are. You yeah. know, you won't give them the account back, but you'll just allow, allow them to keep doing this. Um, so all we can do is protect ourselves. Um especially as a Star Wars community, because um, I don't want people like yourselves losing your, your accounts because they're your business accounts, um, fandom accounts, um, and just general human being, family accounts. Just don't want to lose your account, especially to these crooks. So um, that's my advice. That's my warning. Um, I hope you guys take that in and um, share that amongst your, your loved ones and friends.
0: Uh, but yeah yeah we we've we've been pretty good on our side uh i I usually have fun with them when I get something like that like i i, I had one where uh the person on Facebook tried to clone me and sent me a message I want to be your friend and this, and I'm like yo this I'm like wow I didn't know I could talk to myself and just start messing <laughs> with this person and then there was another one where they were my they had cloned my mom and were trying to i'm like how how do I know you that's it.
2: The security question, isn't
0: it? I, I I just go through. It's like, how do I know you? Waiting for them to say, "Come on, it's your mother." And no, I didn't get any. Oh, we met. I'm like, hmm. Yep.
2: Mm-hmm. Nope. Time to report. I had a few of my friends. I mean, Chris Chris Bartlett, who who works with um the guys out in LA on on yeah. those shows. Um, he said, you know, the first thing that he said to the guy was, "How did we meet?" Nothing, and he knew straight away because also I don't
0: write that way or or communicate yeah. with my friends at the i okay. i when, when when i got it for wookie radio on instagram i ignored it because i'm like this doesn't seem like to me i'm like i don't remember d trying to actively be a social media influencer <laughs> and there's no need for d to be an influencer he's got he, he's he's an ambassador to star wars instead he he doesn't need social he doesn't need social media influencer yeah. Absolutely. so i mean i just ignored it and then when you said hey report i'm like all right so i unfriended and then reported uh when i saw that you created the new one but yeah uh thankfully at the time we were talking on facebook and not instagram yeah so tomorrow i'll, I'll make sure to send you a a note on, on Facebook going, hey, can you please copy and paste this and, and vote for s- somebody <laughs> just so you can turn around and go, yeah, block.
2: Yeah, well, that was the thing. That was the thing. There was, some, you know, people would then, you know, they know what you're going through or whatever. And they mm-hmm. say, oh, yeah, by the way, um, check this out. And I'm like, always, I'm like, ah, oh, what am I looking at? What am I supposed to be clicking on? Just instantly. Yes. But well, here's another thing. Here's another thing. You can find out um, who the hackers are who are leeching onto um, your accounts anyway. Because all you need to do is on Twitter say, oh, my Instagram account's been hacked. Then all of a sudden in your feed, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. That's what happened to me. You should contact this guy. He fixed my thing. He's a hacker. All of those people that respond, you can then say block, 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 and you end up filtering them out of your account. Yeah. <laughs> oh,
0: wow. Well, I, I've been having a brilliant... <laughs> I just realized, well, we, we have here in the state, in the, in the States, um, for senior citizens, uh, it's Medicare health insurance. Right. Yeah. And I just realized it's been almost a month since I've gotten a phone call. Cause I really <laughs> took a guy to task on online. Uh, the, the cards are red, white, and blue card. And the guy goes, you have your red, white, and blue Medicare card, right? I'm like, no, mine's purple, green, and yellow. You <laughs> know, having lived in Louisiana, it's Mardi Gras time. I'm giving Mardi Gras colors okay um, now do you have plan A or plan B I said I have plan Z as in zebra okay <laughs> Now I just strung this guy out left and right and finally it, it came that's not a real Medicare number you in a few choice words and hung up on me I'm like well you're the moron for <laughs> well, the thing is you know that he disappeared and said
2: this guy he's saying that he's
0: see see, is that (laughs) yeah but i i have not gotten calls for that in at least a month of course now i say something and it's gonna pop up again but but there are are times i just want if i'm in the mood if i'm in a good mood i'm gonna play if i'm in a bad mood oh i'm gonna play and i'm gonna rip their heads off (laughs) um but i do the same thing online you know some of these people oh you know help me with this cryptocurrency i'm like oh bless your heart for trying (laughs) yeah, <laughs> and they hang up. Well, oh, we sent you, uh, we sent you, know, your, yeah. your Amazon account's going to be closed Oh, bless your heart for trying. You're blocked. <laughs> so, well, thank you. It, know, once
2: you know what that game is, it's, it's, yeah. it's a lot
0: easier for me to, to, to block them, you know. Um, hope I can keep it up. But yeah. Well, we appreciate you. I know you said you, you were going to try and take a nap earlier in the day because at this point in time, it's what, almost four o'clock in the Something. morning? I, four, oh, okay. I said we're going to talk to someone in the future. And he's in the UK, so that that's future compared to us. You see, you see, you see what he did
1: there? He just tied it all up. <laughs> Wrapped it all up. Hey, my sister lives in the UK. Yeah, whereabouts? Um, I don't remember the name of it. It's some little town a few miles out outside of London, I guess. Okay. I, remember. Remember. I haven't been there yet, but. I want to go visit her one of these days. Yeah, yeah very cool. You can take like, a gamble and try in summer, and hopefully, uh, you know, if above
0: <laughs> ten degrees. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See Derek, what you, like, you do? Out a cloud. <laughs> what you do is you, you friend friend D on Facebook. <laughs> then you send them a note: Hey, copy and paste this. So when I come over, we could
1: yeah yeah you, you could take me on a tour <laughs> <in> the studios.
0: <laughs> after you talk to me again. <laughs> um no thank you thank you for joining us uh i definitely want to get you over on uh Walkie on radio at some point in the future
1: yeah it would
0: cool. be a blast um, More than that, but th- this this was fun tonight just being able to just talk your overall career and everything and and realize details is your real name and not a stage <laughs>
1: name i love that, that, that is that's so awesome
0: fun. so Again, thank you. Um, I know we're going to be speaking with you again uh, yeah. over on Wookie Radio. But until then, hopefully we didn't leave everyone asking want to know more.
2: So... Um...